You're listening to Keystone Cold Cases, a podcast where we reignite cold cases across Pennsylvania. Hey, it's Grace. Hi, Shannon. Hey, it's Chelsea. And today we are going to talk about two cases. I mentioned it in the update uh, Baron case. And we had some people reach out to us said that they were interested. Um, and I was writing it up anyway, so I was going to come to you. Um, but uh, it was nice to see that people were interested in talking about it. And I think we've been wanting to talk about it. Um, well, Grace and I, because it happened around us and it kind of gave us, I guess, a perspective on how some of these cases that we talk about for the past couple of years kind of happen because we don't know this, this doesn't happen to us usually. And I mean, it wasn't our family, uh, but it was our community. So I feel like we have a little bit more insight. So we might talk about that with this. So if you're not into that, um, skip to yeah, the next we one. We have opinions on this one. It's very close to home in, in our town. So yeah. we have opinions. So sorry, not sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we are going to talk about two cases and they seem eerily familiar yet so drastically different on how things were handled. Both these cases are more recent and they were are both less than a year old. We typically cover cases that are five plus years old since we are a cold cases podcast. But really the question comes down to do you ever wonder why some cases are more public or have more resources or give larger rewards and really the list could go on how a case could differ from any other case so this year around the same time two different people living in different counties went missing and then their bodies were also found around the same time frame too yet one case was in the public's eye by being in the news and on social media whereas the other had literally zero coverage even in her own town both women were around the same age, they were white, and they were both mothers. So what's the apparent differences? We are going to go over each case and then discuss this out with our own theories. And not to mention, one of the cases we're talking about is extremely close to home, so we might be slightly passionate about it. And we want to make note of things that we noticed that we never kind of took into consideration, like I said before, uh, when kind of dealing with a murder in a town. And I think perspectives that we never thought about. So let's do this. Uh, first, we're going to talk about Jennifer Brown, who lived in Roars Ward, PA. And it really drove me crazy that all the reporters on TV were calling it Roars Ford um, because it's Ford, F-O-R-D. I say it like that sometimes. I'm not from you? here originally. <laughs> she gets see, so mad. <laughs> I grew up from here and I, I swear like even going to school and them announcing like the band or like other things at Roarsford and I'm like, Ugh. <laughs> so we're just lazy. <laughs> yeah. But I remember the day that I found out that she was missing. We were both part of a local Facebook Buy Nothing group. And you all know that I'm crazy about the Facebook groups. And she was too. And her neighbor posted that she went missing on the 5th within our local Buy Nothing group. Uh, because it's kind of like a close-knit community on this Buy Nothing group. I know I've tried to add it, Grace, so many times. But I don't know if you've actually been on it yet. I'm I'm in there now. Are you? <laughs> A yeah. lot. It's like the same people talking back and forth or being like, yeah, it's the same players. Sure. Yeah. yeah. And I've made friends on that site and people like 
ask for updates and half the time you become friends with these people and it's just kind of like a nice little community especially when you don't have all the time in the world to you know go meet up and you know making friends in your 30s is a bitch so that's kind of an outlet but anyway a missing person flyer had been made by friends in the family on the 4th the day she went missing and it was getting shared among all of our local Facebook groups. A friend reached out to me saying, hey, have you heard? Like, Jen's missing. I remember being super busy with work that day and I hadn't been on social media at all. I was shocked when I started looking into it. I did not know Jen that well, but we had connected a couple of months prior. I was looking for friends for my son because he has special needs and struggles with social skills. And she had reached out to me. I basically made a post saying, hey, this is what I'm looking for. Please, like... If you're looking for your kid to have friends, if you're looking for a mom friend, reach out. And she did. She had reached out saying she had a son who was also special needs and was looking for friends. Now, he was younger than Landon, but we got to talking kind of like as special needs moms do. It's kind of like a bond that you don't have with regular moms or friends without kids. It's hard to explain, like for people to be able to 100% understand the struggle. Sure. So we were just talking and I kind of realized that her son was in all the classes that Landon had been in because, again, he was younger than Landon. And um, she was just asking for some advice and, you know, what it's hard. You don't have a huge support system with special needs kids. She we were just going back and forth on what we were thinking. And it seemed like they both had similar diagnoses and had the same therapies and all that. So we were just talking. We did try to get together and like have like a lunch date, but we are both so busy. She worked full time. I work full time, special needs kids. Where's the time for anything? So we'd never met in person and it kind of just was left at that. Like after a couple of attempts, we stopped talking, you know, it happens. Oh, it totally does. Friends in your thirties. Oh yeah. Hashtag. Yeah. But just from like our brief conversations, I could tell how fiercely she adored her son. And I guarantee if you ask any of my friends like that don't just know me on social media that know me in life know that I adore Landon so fiercely yet hate him so much it's like a back and forth struggle but like (laughs) honestly I would do anything for that child and for special needs parents I feel like they are just so devoted not saying that not not all parents are but just the way she talked about him it just was like it seemed like a good thing. And she was a single parent. I could relate to that. And she just seemed so nice. I was just so confused how she could be missing. Um, so finding out that she was missing, uh, it came out that she didn't pick her son off the bus. And it just really had my stomach drop because that's just not normal for parents <laughs> at all. And I think it went for everyone in the community, if we're being honest. Everyone who posted or posted this case and knew her, like personally, all said that she was 100% in it for her son and they, she was working really hard to create a great life for them, really. On the 6th, Jenna, the mayor of Roarsford at the time, had posted the case and it became more serious because everyone found out that her purse, wallet, keys, and car were still at the house, but she was gone. Red flags all over the place. 
Oh, yes. Early on, questions were raised about the person who reported her missing, Anthony Blair Watts. He was a business associate, and they were in the workings of opening up birdies in Phoenixville. I didn't know Jen, but I did know Blair. And Grace is laughing right now. She knows it's a struggle for me. This is what we have the most opinions about, especially Chelsea. So, yeah, Um, we'll get into it. Um. Yep. He owned Birdies, and I, for the life of me, I couldn't figure out exactly when he had opened up in Spring City. I know, I think it was, like, right before COVID. Yeah, that's how I remember it. And I wanted to find, like, a good date. Um, he had he had been posting in a lot of local Facebook groups about this opening, and a lot of people were, like, super psyched. And I guess I had this preconceived notion that it's going to be this great Southern cooked food, like... Bam, ton of spices. And it just was not. And I think <laughs> so mad about the spices. <laughs> oh, I'm so mad. It was just like bland food. And basically he broke it down to the fact like, hey, not everyone in your area likes that. Like, I got to make money. And I was like, yeah, I guess that's true. I have to say, personally, I loved his food. I'm very not him, n- not a fan. We'll get to that. Like she said, but I loved his food and I miss that spot in <laughs> Spring City, if I'm being honest, but not for everyone. He did have good wings, which he called dings. I will say that, but like, <laughs> you can't eat that for dinner every time. I can. Yeah, my husband could. His wings were so good. Um, There's an electric company down the street from me and all the men on their break would go there. And like, I'd work from home and you would just see a trail of men going down to get wings for their lunch every single day. It's awesome. My son loved his pancakes. I mean, I know other people who absolutely loved his food. It's just opinions, I suppose. Um, But I was not a fan. Um, But he, his restaurant was open so close to me. Damn, I can walk and stand like in front on my sidewalk and I could see it. We see him daily because like he'd set up, he'd take the trash out, you know, he'd do all that. He'd deliver food out too. I mean, he, he was a good person. Everyone thought he was a great person um, until things went down. Um, but he he did great things. I, I was always so torn. And Grace can even tell you because I was so torn because even though I was not a fan of his food, I remember when COVID happened, he donated a lot of his food so it wouldn't go bad. Um, for elderly people, he'd walk the food out instead of making them come in. And one time, I'm not sure if I told Grace, we were walking by because like to take our animals on a walk, it had to f- can walk by the goddamn place um and he was like hey i haven't seen you in a while he was like if you can't afford like food or to come out and eat you know i'll cover it for you you know just say the word and i thought that was like so kind and i know he had done that for others i've heard i have heard i mean but he did say that to me so like i was always like uh so so torn like i want to support him but like i didn't want to spend the money on the food if i didn't like the food so it was like always a hard the facade was very strong oh I, god just it was came it was literally a pillar of the community situation yep but just you wouldn't think it i mean maybe if you're chelsea you're like uh-huh. there's something wrong with that guy but like most people <laughs> were just like what a great guy that's doing things within the community and loves his customers blah, well the blah, thing blah. that like if we really get down to it before all this happened I think I've had this conversation with Grace because her husband also likes his food. And I was like, I don't know how he likes his food. Da, 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 da. And like this happened way before all this happened. So 
I don't know, maybe it was uh, intuition. I have my no idea. My husband was there quite a bit. They were pretty friendly. And my husband likes to think that he can read people pretty well. So this was a little bit of a blow. But he that just shows how much of a show he put on for people. Well, I know after COVID happened, um, I don't know. I just got a weird feeling. And I just, he was trying so hard to like be on the same page with me. And like, I'm just not a trusting person at all, but my partner is. And gosh, he would, he'll, he'll fall for anything. Like he wants to make friends. He's friendly. It is what it is. And I told him, I was like, stay away, like walk the other way. Don't talk to him. Like, please. Um, and this was during COVID. So I just thought that he was a manipulator. I could, that's how I felt. So now we're going to skip to Jen going missing. Um, he's the one who reported her. He was last to see her and he did an interview with a news station and he did not do himself any favors from the start. He was extremely reactive when asked about the last time she was seen and made it all about him, how he was the victim because he was just trying to do the right thing. And now he was basically getting grilled. I mean, it was rough to watch this like brief interview. I'm like, ugh. it was very much. It was just sleazy. It just came yep. off as icky it it really much did and it wasn't just for us like a lot of people were not happy and he also created like a little bit of drama during the visual in front of her home uh he made a scene with the family now grace i know that we talked about it i believe you went but you dipped before all that happened right i did go to the vigil for a little bit um but yeah i had left by the time that anything happened, I actually saw him walking into a house and I don't know if it was her house or something, but that's what he was doing when I left. So uh, I guess I left right beforehand. I had wanted to go um, to show my respects, but I had work and really they, I don't even think they gave 24 hour notice that they were doing it. I remember reading that not as many people could go as they wanted just because it was such short notice. But I mean... That's just alarming. Why create a scene with the family? I have no idea. I was just wondering, like, do you know what kind, what kind of what kind of scene he caused? Was he just trying to, like, was it a, a like an attention grab? Was it was he picking a fight with them? The like ruckus he caused at the vigil was like apparently like yelling and cursing at the family. Um, yeah. I don't think we really learned. I think it was just speculation what it was about. Like maybe he was mad that there was suspicion cast on him, but I don't think we ever really knew what he was yelling about. It was just, you knew it was in poor taste no matter what it was. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like a lot of the time they insert themselves like the guilty parties insert themselves to make themselves the sympathetic character. hundred percent. You know, and like, you know, like it's going to, it's going to take the focus off of them. It never does. doesn't work. Oh, no. Never. Nope. Like, duh. Have you not seen enough crime shows to right. figure that out? Ugh. Well, he had a this... lot going on, as we'll find yeah. out. So he probably didn't have time for the crime yeah, shows. Yeah, I guess not. I should have thought about that before he went and did what he there did. There was a lot he should have thought yeah. about. This is kind of like dumb criminal. I mean, he put on a very strong facade for like everyone. So they thought he was a good guy. But when it came to committing a crime... Not yeah. very smart. So. Nope. Toy. So after, you know, the interview and the vigil, the community was 
kind of reeling. And I think they were just kind of reeling in general. They really believe the authorities were dragging their feet and not making any efforts. So many people were calling out authorities in our local area by like name, tagging them in posts. I mean, the list kind of went on and they... Some of these people were just trying to interfere with the investigation. That's how I thought I felt. I think they wanted to help, but they didn't know where to start. They didn't know what to do. They were kind of creating, I think, more panic and drama than what they were intending to do. Mm-hmm. Sure. Uh, I remember there was this one guy that was specifically constantly trying to lead his own land water searches on, you know, on their own or trying to like get other people who were... I guess, strong kayakers, if I remember correctly. And the police just kept saying, please don't, please don't. I think the police had a pretty good lead on where she might be from the beginning, because from the beginning, they did not, there were no authority led searches. And I think that that drove people in the community crazy because they're like, why don't they want our help? What are they Mm -hmm. doing? We'll search on our own. And they're just wasn't there weren't any authority led I had just I helped with a search for Elizabeth Capaldi a couple months before this and it was like a big endeavor that the police were in on so you know people probably saw that and they're like why are they not doing this for Jennifer so yeah it was rough and not only people like going out to look people were then like turning to like their i don't know it careers i guess if you will and like web sleuthing the shit out of jen's personal like social media sites to what extent they could if they were friends or if they weren't i mean it went from facebook to instagram to i think she also had to tiktok if i believe correctly but everyone was pulling everything apart if someone was tagged they were then looking at them if there's a picture of them they were then looking at them and just really like a lot of speculation was being pinned on a ton of people and it was rough it was i feel like all the posts were would get out of hand that's the best way to put it i still want to help but you really got to let the authorities do do their job unless they specifically ask for help yeah and every day there was a new person doing it and like another post would have to get deleted it was and at the, at one point, the, like, finding Jennifer's page got so inundated. There were so many members, and they, like, I think at first they, I can't remember if it was, you had to submit your comment or question and then it had to get approved, or if it changed that because they were just constantly deleting stuff or getting stuff tagged. I felt so bad, and it was Jennifer's neighbor who was the one who was running that page. Yeah, it was just so many people that were like, have you thought about, have they thought about this? Have they checked here? And just saying kind of the same things over and over again. And Mm -hmm. it it is hard to sit there. Like, you know, we find out that they arrested Blair pretty quickly, but when you're in the moment and when you're in the situation, it seems like things are taking forever. Like if we look back on this in a couple years, they're like, wow, they got him right away. But it didn't feel that way at the time. It was like, what, what's happening? Yeah. No idea. So I got tagged and sent so many posts in this, like, finding Jennifer's page or, like, friends web sleuthing, and I was just spammed. And I really think at first people thought we were related because we have the same last name, and I was constantly giving, like, updates and, you know, all that stuff that was getting posted by the authorities. So people were just contacting me constantly, asking me, like, why would they do this? Or, you know, do you know anything? I'm like... Absolutely not. (laughs) 
And I, I did have to tell a couple of people like, Hey, I'm good. I don't want to talk about this anymore. Like I, I was almost getting consumed by it. It was like rough. And I know other friends that were really, you know, trying to web sleuth all of it. And I guess one woman really worked herself up. She like needed her husband to stay home for two days because she was like so worried that maybe it just wasn't like a one-time incident. I mean, it was affecting people. It definitely was. I can, I can see being afraid of that someone in your community is a serial killer. I mean, I get that. That's scary. Yeah. So Blair also got looked at because he was linked in a lot of her social media posts as recent as the weekend before she went missing. So people were really, really digging into him, his social media and everything. And it turns out they were business partners and she was helping him to pay to open his new restaurant. So basically he he wanted a bigger space because where he was tiny as shit. I think <laughs> very like tiny. My, yeah, I think maybe they had five or six tables not a lot of people could fit and so many people liked it so they wanted to have a bigger area and the place that they were looking to acquire was like three times the size so she was you know going in i guess as an investor to help him get this started and well this pivotal guy in our community turns out that he was hiding a lot of skeletons in his closet like grace said this man that everyone in the community absolutely loved wasn't really who he said he was or could not withhold that image during Mm -hmm. this people were poking holes people were coming out of the woodwork people that i guess aren't really in this community but like heard of the crime or heard that he was involved and then started you know Um, joining these pages, adding a lot more context to some stuff, if you will. Um, Honestly, um, I had hoped that he was going to be, even though I didn't like his food, I hoped that he was going to be a a good thing for our community. I live in Spring City. We really need an upgrade. Roarsport across like the bridge is doing great things. Spring City is behind. And if you would ever lend your ear to him, He just had all these great ideas and they were not not realistic. They were totally realistic. They were doable. Um, And it's really what I would love to see in this town. He, like I said, he's a manipulator. We tried to talk a couple times and when he figured out what I liked, he talked about it. So he wanted to do um, like kids night. He always had like movies and cartoons playing for kids. If they're in the restaurant, he'd give them free ice cream. Um, He wanted to have moon bounces. He wanted to do all that. He was super involved in not only Spring City, but Roar Sport going to their, their days um, doing the, the BLM uh, parade that we had. He was part of that. He was like the only black man that showed up to that. I mean, he, any event, him and his family were there. I mean, it was pretty crazy. Um, And honestly, like we need people like that in our community. So when we found out some stuff, it was just kind of like a huge gut punch, just like Grace said, how her husband felt like we all trusted him. We yeah, we rallied behind him in covid um, to make sure that his business didn't go under there. He set up, I believe it was a GoFundMe. I did not (laughs) contribute to it because I did not like it. But um I had heard from another friend, another friend's husband that that GoFundMe was not legit, but he did get the money, but it was not for what he said it was for, which killed me because I know a lot of people in the community like they're this are hard earned money. And it's like, oh, like we trusted you. It was it was just pretty bad. Um, he also coached football 
um, for, you know, little kids. And he just was this well-rounded person. Um, and the first straw that really like started to break things was that it was discovered that he had threatened his neighbor with a gun, which is like, this um, like family man that's doing so much in the community is threatening his neighbors. And he had a trial date coming up at the time when we learned about it. Um, yeah. I believe he said that he was going to kill him. I don't exactly remember what it was over, but um, he definitely got in trouble for it. And then people were posting stuff on Facebook saying that he had sexually assaulted them. My one friend found an older, very older Facebook account, and it posted some really scummy memes. I mean, really disgusting stuff about like sexual harassment and like just... I don't even want to go into it, but I was like, what? That's crazy. Yeah. Who would post that kind of stuff? And I guess he had to change once he like really got the business, you know, um, because that stuff was not posted on his current socials, if you will. So this man was a damn mess. And, you know, for being friends and business partners with Jen, he didn't really post anything about Jen or talk about any of this in Facebook groups at all until there was like outrage from everyone. Like, Hey, you were the last person to see her. Why aren't you saying anything? Why aren't you doing anything? You had her son, you know, the day or night that she went missing. Why, 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 why? And uh, so then he did like post something generic. I think he shared something and it was just kind of like, it was not strange. Even, it was strange. It was not even heartfelt. Yeah. Yep, exactly. I did find it strange that another business associate of Blair, who was, I also think was an investor of him opening up this new shop was just, trash talking Jen in all these Facebook groups, which I thought was weird. I don't know. <laughs> he was like saying that she was a bad mom, mentioned that she might have fell to drugs, was depressed, that she walked away. There was no evidence. There was no one else saying that. It was just so odd. Literally and so in odd. the post that I uh, screenshotted because I'm a creep, uh, he, I part of what he said was that it doesn't seem like a lot of people knew her. And so her you know, close family and friends were like, who are you? <laughs> like, who yeah. are you talking to? How yeah. dare you? And it was just, it was messy. And he just should not have, he shouldn't have said anything. Yeah. And it just was weird because he was connected to Blair and it almost seemed like they were trying to mislead. I don't know. It yeah, was just exactly. Like, yeah. 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 And honestly, like, you know, um, Everyone had to get looked at during this investigation, including Jen. And she definitely had skeletons in her closet as well. Um, we all have secrets that we hope that people don't find out. No one, you know, general public doesn't know the real you. Um, so I'm not saying, you know, we all don't have our faults um, because we do. But it doesn't mean like someone needs to like end up dead, if you know what I mean. Um and that's really what it led to. On January 18th, there were helicopters everywhere. I remember trying to come home from work and I just knew there were so many helicopters. Um, there were a couple roads shut down and just people kind of flocking to see because they knew. I feel yep. like everyone knew. And we were just waiting for it to all be officially announced. But we knew. Totally knew. And... um it really went on for hours and it ended up being confirmed Jen. She was buried in a shallow grave, um, not even 100% covered. And it was like right by my grandmother's house. My grandmother was freaking out. 
Um, yeah, she had like it was like very shallow with some palettes on top or something. Yeah, like like yeah. not well hidden, and it was no. very close to. Um, it's a warehouse. Is it like Amco? I, I forget don't know what, what the it's warehouse. called. But it's, I mean, it's a working warehouse and it was oh, yeah. very close to the building. Everything. It was close to everything. Yeah. There's people yeah. that live, literally my, my landscaper kid I went to school with, he, it was happening behind his house and they had to get like, uh, interviewed and questioned. Um, it's, it would happen in a really busy area. Like how did no one see anything? I just yeah. blows my mind. I don't know. Very. It was, yeah, it was really weird. A really weird area. Not you know, back off the road all that far. Just crazy. Yep. And then with the discovery, everybody speculation ramped up even more. No one felt safe, even though authorities were saying it was a singular incident at this point. But Blair ended up arrested on February 9th while attending court for his harassment charges. Um, and I believe that same day he did an interview and he's just smiling ear to ear. It was like a really shitty thing. Um, Another I think, sleazy interview. Yeah. yeah. And his attorney that he had that I believe dropped him. Oh, gosh, he was the worst. I ugh, don't even get me started. I think that they couldn't afford him anymore. So he had to get a public defender. But yeah. It, his lawyer was like the son of a very well-known lawyer or something like that. And he just came off also as a sleazeball. And it was yeah. just not a good look for anyone. Not a good look at all. Nope. The affidavit ended up getting released. And there were so many details and showed how much work was actually going on behind the scenes that the community didn't know about. I think there were a lot of sleepless nights for the local law enforcement I'll not go into all the details of the affidavit, but I highly suggest you look it up and read it. It is 40 pages long. I actually have it linked on our blog, which in our okay. group chat earlier, Erica asked me about it and I completely forgot that I have it linked on our blog. Um, there's a blog post for Jen and I just have a bunch of links to articles in the affidavit. Yeah. Is on there. It's worth a read. Maybe the summary is only four pages, but even that is still packed. And oh, considering yeah. ones I've read, it, the detail is just astounding. Yeah, that's kind of what I mean, too, about thinking that law enforcement isn't doing anything. But I mean, they had him like a little over a month after yeah. she went missing. And they have yep. a 40-page document to show all of this stuff that they collected. And... You you just can tell they were working behind the scenes, even though everyone was so impatient about it, which I understand. It's your community. You're, I was impatient. But, um, you know, sometimes we just don't know what's going yeah. on. Sounds like he was on their radar from Jump Street. And yes. Oh, yeah. That's why they just kind of like, all right, we, we got it. And I feel, I feel like that might be something that like Blair's person will try to say, like, you only looked at him. And I think at one point with that lawyer that he can no longer afford, they're trying to say it was because he is a black man. Mm-hmm. I don't know. We'll see. He's I mean, obviously we'll keep people in updated. Pennsylvania is what they yeah. said. Like we're like the most racist people out there. Yeah. And it's just, of course, that's where they're going to go. Of course. The two things that broke my heart when reading through it was the fact that one of her son's teachers reached out to authorities letting them know he showed up to school and she could tell that he hadn't had his medication for that day on the 3rd. And he's special needs. 
The mom was in super communication with the teachers and she emailed, didn't get a response back. And just because of that small, insignificant phone call that this teacher probably didn't think was going to really do much, um, it was one of the reasons why they pursued it so hard from the get-go, which is, I don't know. I don't know. I just, that was important to me. I thought that was really cool because sometimes when you call and report an adult missing, they're like, oh, they're an adult. They just wanted to walk off or, you know, X, Y, and Z. They don't take it serious within 24 hours. But that phone call and the teacher kind of being like something is wrong um, prompted them to really kick into gear. I think there were so many people that kind of had her back and they were like, she would not not pick up her son. She would not leave him. Uh, for a sleepover overnight without his meds for the next day. Like those are just things she wouldn't do. And I think police must have heard that over and over again, because I mean, I know we saw it all over social media that this is just something she would not do willingly. Mm -hmm. The next thing that kind of broke my heart is the fact that her son saw Blair with Jen's phone when he was picked up on the third and authorities believe Jen was murdered for money. And it there was talk about it that maybe because he was special needs, Blair didn't notice that maybe the son noticed anything that thank God that that boy wasn't ki- killed as well. That was like a huge thing. Um, but because of interviewing with her son, he was able to give real good information that also helped them. And that's just sad that the kid that's like, I can't remember if he was six or seven. He was young. I believe he was in first grade. Had to do that. It's heartbreaking. But um, authorities believe Jen was murdered for money. They said that after she was murdered, her phone was used to transfer money to Blair for the business. He used Zelle to send the payments and there were multiple failed logins and forced logins. And he managed to move 17000 from her account. And the affidavit said that he used money to go to the property of the new restaurant to put on a down payment on the lease on the 4th. So that was like the day after she went missing. Like how convenient. stupid and it's interesting yeah yeah so so stupid that's one of the stupid things but it's interesting too because he never had the lease on the new restaurant it was supposed to open in what january which is when she went missing yeah and you know we found out that no work had been done on this restaurant there was no lease and actually they decided not to give him a lease because of that uh threat he made against his neighbor they didn't want so, that type of business owner. No, not at all. So it was kind of even just a last ditch attempt when he showed up with that money because they weren't going to give it to him anyway. Nope. So, I mean, there's literally no reason to kill anyone. But $17,000 being such a small amount and not even like being like a guaranteed down payment toward anything. Like it was just a stupid last ditch attempt. attempt. Well, Grace and I know a business man, a small business man. She does some work for him and I went to see him and he always asked me about that case because I guess it was because it was about like, it was business related, I suppose. And he said, nothing is worse that worth $17,000. She's like, it's really not that much money. <laughs> he was yeah. like, who would kill over that? And But I mean, I've heard people kill for way less. Well, he would give you like the last shirt off his back. So he's oh, Frank. definitely <laughs> not, the, not the type of person that would ever imagine anything like that. But yeah, it's well disgusting. 
even before this happened, um, they had, I think at first they said they were going to open in December, like birdies when they were going to open. Then they moved it Mm -hmm. to January. And I have my hair cutter is across the street. And I'm just like, how's it going to open? All the all the kitchen equipment's out back. (laughs) I was like, and it still has signs from the other restaurant. I'm just like, I don't understand. And they'd been it'd been a long time. Oh, yes. He had closed his other restaurant. And so we were, I mean, we were all anticipating for quite a while, when's this going to open? And it just, there were no steps made towards it, which is really bizarre. It was a scam. Well, also, Jen had also sent payments via a contract. So she had sent more money than that 17000 willingly. Mm -hmm. What happened to that money? The name of it, Bertie's Kitchen. Is that what it went by? I remember, I remember like posts in the community in Phoenixville page and everything about them coming and the, the food was so good. Yes. I was looking forward he to it. He would always post his menus like weekly too. And he would normally run out by like five or six. Oh yes. Constantly yeah. out. Yep. You had to eat old people early dinner or you were not going to get anything <laughs> there. Yes. Yes. But yeah, and then when he left, we were like, okay, he's on to bigger things. He's going to open this larger restaurant, and it just wasn't happening. Mm-hmm. So even by the time he said it's going to open in January, we were like, God, finally. And still nothing had been done. I just found a post from yeah. December saying, you know, Birdie's Kitchen coming soon. I think it's the Old Fisherman's Restaurant or something yes. in Phoenixville. On 724, yeah. like right near where it splits on yep. to 23. Yep. Yep, that's the place. That's funny. So Jen was only 43 and she had two children. Uh, her youngest was in Springford and then she had an older child that lived in Virginia. And the last that I heard is her youngest son ended up moving in with family. And I believe that's in Virginia. So this case absolutely put a strain on this community and the tenseness was just palpable. So many people were concerned. So many news outlets reported on Jen, the amount of podcasts that had been created or that were like kind of around that really focused on it and like took any small piece of information was kind of running wild and getting posted on all these Facebook groups. There was almost like an ad every single week in the paper. And this case was like heavily covered. Blair has not been convicted and awaits trial as he did plead not guilty. The case seems like a slam dunk, but as the saying goes, innocent until proven guilty. And if you decide to read the affidavit, let us know what you think. If you think there's a possibility for any doubt at all. Now, this case took just over a month from the disappearance to their arrest. And looking back, it was swift. But as Grace said, it was moving like molasses during the whole entire thing. Yeah. And I would I definitely encourage everyone to read the affidavit because it really explains. I mean, I know we didn't like go by like step by step what happened um, because we just have a lot of opinions about the case but i mean yeah. the affidavit really gives a really good rundown of exactly what happened and exactly why police think that it did i mean they have phone records blair has a girlfriend and a wife and it's a mess it reads like a soap opera so it's it's oh my gosh the amount of like surprise turns in that damn thing i was floored when i read it i needed to like walk away from work and i was just like what i was not prepared yeah there's a lot going on so yeah it's just a shame because no one she's just of course no one deserves to be murdered but she was a mom and it's just really really sick so with that we're done for jen for a little bit but now we're gonna move to amy 
Her name was Amy Gregory, and she was located in Wilkes-Barre, PA, and she was reported missing. And I don't know exactly when she was reported, but the article says she was last seen Thursday, December 22nd, around 5.30 p.m. Amy was six months pregnant at the time of her disappearance. She was only 37 years old, which was reported in a news article, yet Crime Watch uh, PA website says that she's 38 and it also says that she was missing on a different date on the 21st and I'm just confused because there is such a lack of information and most of it that's out there is contradicting um, like how is no one concerned that a pregnant woman was missing and she also had kids at home too um, where's the coverage where's anything that's what I want to know um, because there are like maybe maybe half a dozen articles all of them are the same um gives the same information very 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 not detailed at all <laughs> um hmm. so that's, on it's February- interesting too sorry um that's okay because i did follow and i mean it's in our town so of course i followed jen's case very closely but i really do not know anything about amy's case oh yeah i so, tried to see if there was to a prove your point <laughs> Yeah, I did try to see if there was a Facebook group set up to like finding Amy when she was first missing or like how they kind of get updated from finding to remembering or X, Y, and Z. Mm -hmm. Nothing. Uh, I could find three things posted on Facebook that like had her name on it, which if you were to look up Jen's case, gosh, you'd be scrolling for days. Yeah. Not for Amy. And I just blows my mind. Um, It's just really sad. And if you look it up, half the stuff is me sharing or talking about it. So, huh. um, yeah, not good. On February 13th, Amy's body was found near the Susquehanna River. A set of walkers noticed the body in the area in the late afternoon. The Riverside Fire Department assisted at the scene. It is mentioned that where she was located was in difficult terrain. The last official article on Amy was February 21st, saying that Scott Lynn, who is the Montour County coroner, is looking into the cause or manner of death. The autopsy was scheduled for February 14th, said that it's pending further investigation and test results. Um, And at the end of the article, it says, like, everyone will be updated when the latest is reported. Well, that was over four months ago. So that's so frustrating. Yep. I did try searching like every way i could i did find a gofundme that was raising money for amy's funeral it looks legit but i'm always leery about gofundmes unless i know the person personally but this does absolutely look legit but i'm not saying that for 100 percent sure um they were looking to raise five thousand dollars they never made their goal and the gofundme is still up and live if you feel inclined and want to help in any small way we will link it in our website i will say the person who um did it i believe is a family member because they look so similar i mean they look um kind of identical um i did try to reach out to her i did find her on facebook she did not respond it doesn't look like she uses facebook that often i did see somebody else make a comment on like a news article that did get posted um didn't hear back from her either um 
So we'll link it. You want to help, you can. If not, do whatever. And I also literally couldn't find an obituary. I couldn't find anything. So I don't even know if they've had it yet. I don't know if like the police are holding on to her body. I don't know how any of that works, but I couldn't find anything. Nothing about a memorial, nothing about a burial, nothing. That's really sad. It's so sad. Amy Gregory was a white woman who was 5'11", 200 pounds. She had a crescent moon and fairy tattoo on her back and a mushroom tattoo on her ankle. I found on a Facebook thread, it is noted that the picture in all of the articles are from her driver's license and wasn't the most updated picture of her. I did find a more recent picture um, and we'll post that on the website. Anyone with information regarding the disappearance and death of Amy Gregory is asked to contact Detective Andres at 570-208-4128 or anonymously, oh God, anonymously contact PA Crime Stoppers toll free at 1-800-4PA-TIPS. So are there no leads about, I mean, I, I know you said there's like half a dozen articles, but they haven't said anything about any leads or any person of interest none none at all Hmm. and it doesn't even there's no no state statements at all about the possibility of how she died at all wow yeah yeah so i am that's a great question what is different Mm -hmm. i mean are they still on someone's trail kind of like they were on blair and it's just taking a long time so they're holding it you know close to the chest but it i mean they said they were going to update us on the coroner's findings and didn't happen. So, Well, the thing that's frustrating is the community hasn't banded together for her. Yeah. No one's pushing for her uh, story to be put in the news. Nothing. The, no mayor of their town posted anything. No local authorities really posted anything. Um I think they posted when she went missing. I were like, hey, if you see her, um, there was a local paper that posted like digitally. But other than that, like where where are all the upset people in her town? Was this <laughs> she was in Wilkes-Barre? Because, yeah, I mean, that's more of a city. So I'm wondering if, you know, just because it was more of a city environment than our kind of like close, small town. If I don't that's know, but why she's pregnant. People- Oh, sure. I think of the I think of yeah. like the Lacey Patterson story about her being pregnant and missing and how oh my gosh we still talk about it yeah Peterson yeah Lacey Peterson, Peterson. sorry <laughs> but yeah uh, you're right I don't know yeah and it is absolutely maddening because these cases aren't even an hour apart from each other and are being handled so so differently um, and like I said not only by the media but also by the community. For Jen's case, I know the community did hound the news outlets. They are posting, like, how can we get this, like, on the daily news? How can we get it? Yada, yada, yada. And I think it was mostly the community because her family was from Virginia. They didn't know what to do up here, really. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Yes. I really kind of scoured social media for any mention of Amy, and it's minimal at best. And it's just frustrating that no one's trying to web sleuth for her or anything like that. Uh, where's the demanding answers? I did see someone comment on a post in the PA cold cases discussions, uh, Facebook group that someone who knows the family said that the family is desperately looking for news outlets to post coverage, but like, where's the coverage? It's been four months. Yeah. 
And sometimes I have heard families just kind of sit back and trust the authorities and not push and don't don't really know what to do because it's a whole new situation. But clearly this case needs way more coverage. Yeah. So hmm. I don't know if you want, if you're a listener, maybe you could tag. Um, there's not many posts about it, but maybe you could find them on Facebook or any social media, tag news stations, or even reach out, you know, to someone seeing if you can kind of help push us along. Like I said, I did reach out to the family trying to just see what they've been doing, seeing if we can help in any way. And if we get like an update, we'll try, but it's just really frustrating. It shouldn't be falling through the cracks like this. It's, it is interesting to see the contrast of like for Jen, some of it was too much and just too much involvement, but you know, for the most part it did, you know, it did get coverage and stuff like that. And then this one, just nothing. Not so at all. It's, I don't know. That's really sad. And she deserves just as much coverage. Absolutely. So if you have, if any of our listeners have any ideas on how we can get this, you know, more coverage, uh, let us know. We'll try our best to do what we can. Um, if we do hear back from the family or if we can get this like on the news, we'll, we'll try our best. So that's the end of this story. I hope you guys enjoy it. It's a little bit different than our typical and let us know what you think. That's all we have for this episode of Keystone Cold Cases podcast. Please remember never to reach out to family or friends of the victim, only to law enforcement if you have any tips. This episode was researched and hosted by Chelsea Brown. Find all of our sources, social media connections, and contact information at kccpod.com. See music and production assistance from Darren Makins. Join us again next week for another case to sleuth out.